0: Welcome back to Shred is Not Dead. If it makes you bang your head, we'll talk with them or about them. I'm joined today by Pedram from Frontier, who for the uninitiated are possibly the noisiest band on earth, would you say? Just about?
1: Maybe just, maybe. There's maybe some slightly noisier bands, but I don't know.
0: Well, oh, I think you're being modest there. <laughs> um, I was going to give a little bit more of a, uh, a lead in, to what Frontier are about. Um, But I might put you on the spot and uh, give that to you because I couldn't come up with a description. I mean, you've just got to go and listen to them if you're listening to them to us talk now and you don't know what they're about.
1: Probably a thousand parakeets going, ah, for 45 minutes live. So <laughs> if you're interested in seeing something like that live in some way, shape or form, then definitely come to our shows in a couple of weeks time uh, for sure.
0: Well, we got lots of parakeets and Galaza over here that do that stuff all the time. So really, the Australian audiences should be ready for you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're they're absolutely primed for it. So yeah, come come to any of our Aussie shows, and that's exactly what you'll see. But wearing kilts because we're mostly Scottish, mostly. Oh, <laughs> <Western.
0: laughs> uh, so on that topic, how often do you get the bagpipes question? You know, being a noise band from Scotland, from
1: never. You're the first person. Nobody's oh, really? Ever, nobody's ever said. Nobody's ever said. Oh, have you ever thought about incorporating bagpipes into a song? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Like, nobody's ever said it. Like, I don't know. It just never came up.
0: Look, I I was debating whether or not to bring up that joke. Um, You know, I can't help myself in the end. Uh, but I guess since it's so ridiculous, maybe that's why. Uh... <laughs> so this will be your first time out to Australia with the band. Um, how do you approach coming somewhere new, especially a band like yourself that maybe has, shall we say, a, a cult following? Um is it difficult to dip your toes in? Do you know what to expect in terms of uh, if you're going to sell really well or, you know, what goes into it?
1: Everything's come from like Bandcamp and online. So, you know, all of our sales, any stats that we've had for territories has come from whatever platform we put on for streaming or for, you know, our sales or whatnot, but with this opportunity, you know, Greg came forward to us, uh, Greg at United Front. He came forward to us and he asked us about it and everything's just kind of snowballed and moved on from there. So it's part, partly from offers coming to us organically and then partly from, you know, working with and establishing rapport with people who a lot of the time we don't know, at least at first that we grow and create relationships with after the first show Um, or through our agents. So we have agents now in in Europe um, and we're speaking to somebody in North America. So, you know, they're able to find us these opportunities and allow us to come and do things. But Oz was very much, you know, Greg reaching out and then us having to fish out whether or not this was real and legit. And then, you know, doing the paperwork and everything with him, doing the rounds and then making it happen, you know?
0: Yeah, very nice. Um, I mean, we do, goes without saying that everything's a bit, well, a bit fucked at the moment because of COVID, of course. And at the best of times, I think it's hard for bands to come out to Australia. Um, You guys are known for having a pretty intense stage show that goes along with the music being so chaotic. Um, Your drummer drives a lot of the uh, the production elements from behind the kit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Are you happy so far with the plans in terms of the stage production and what you're able to bring over here or what you're able to source here?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it's been there's been a few challenges. We have we had budget to bring over our um, sound engineer and our um, kind of f- photographer, kind of slash video guy, Nick. He's he's great. So we we brought we've got sound and we've got some some someone that kind of capture it all behind the lens. But uh, where the lighting's concerned, I think that's probably been the biggest challenge. Um, trying to get the the lighting consistent across all the shows. We're still kind of working on a few a few things here or there for for that, but regardless like you, know, you just have to go out and do 100 percent and just smash it regardless of whether you know whatever tools you've got at your disposal you just make the most of it and and let the fans have a really good time and enjoy enjoy the show so that's exactly what we're going to do that's our intentions when we come out it's going to be great
0: yeah well, it almost gives you uh, an opportunity to maybe uh n- focus on the music not that that's not what you're doing normally when you're on stage but maybe the minimalist approach if you have to go down that route gives a different uh point of view to the songs
1: it's been really hard to give the focus on the music in the last like nine months or so it's been a really busy time trying to work out the logistics for this tour the other tours we have a new drummer in now as well so you know we've got new drummer we had to kind of get him up to speed um so you know the music new music has kind of taken the back seat but I'm ready to get back into that uh, after Oz it will be you know, it'd be time for me to get get stuck in again. So, um yeah, there's been a lot of planning, a lot of logistics and stuff that's taken up time, but we're getting better at delegating things. We're getting better at bringing new people on board. And that's what we'll hopefully do in the long term to allow us to get back to being creative. Um, I do all the writing and recording and, and mixing and stuff and Chad just does the vocals. So the onus is more on me there to get the finger out and do stuff when I feel like it, but I only ever do stuff when I feel like I'm ready to 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 write or record or whatnot. So the the time feels like it's coming soon and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Well and that's um that's it, isn't it? No one really wants to listen to something that sounds like it's been forced, right? Yeah, absolutely
1: not. I mean I don't suffer from like I don't let myself suffer from writer's block. If I can't get anything, I'll just get up walk into the other room and play some video games i won't sit around all day and like worry about half this i don't like this riff and you know i I just won't get frustrated about it there's no point i'll just leave
0: yeah gotcha so what have you been playing lately
1: what have i been playing lately in terms of games and stuff
0: yeah yep if you got writer's block and you uh go up and turn the console on what's uh what's spinning at the moment
1: fucking nothing because i haven't been writing and i've not had time for video games either so (laughs) i've been done I've been playing a bit of Overcooked with my girlfriend. And before that, we were playing Stray, which is the uh the cat game where you're a cat and you have to like escape the underworld. I did that, but like other other stuff that I'll play, is, like I'll be doing Warzone, like Modern Warfare, Warzone, um, a little bit of picking up some older games like GTA and stuff, but very much casual. Like I'm not like a hardcore gamer. I got um Elden Ring and it's still sitting in the box. I haven't touched <laughs> it since it arrived. And I don't know when it's gonna get gonna get time. Uh, I don't know when I'm gonna get time to play it, but I'm gonna pick up God of War in November, and uh, I'll probably pick up that new Harry Potter game later in the year. Not because I'm particularly big on Harry Potter, but because the trailer looks so good that I feel like I just have to I have to pick it up. So I'll pick up Hogwarts, Legacy I maybe next year and have a bash at that. You can see there's a big range there uh, in 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 game titles I'm uh, picking up on
0: yeah well Elden Ring might be a good one for writer's block for the next record you know if you really want to sound like you're really really pissed off and just frustrated and just give that half an hour an hour come back into the room and you'll be ready to just you know belt some stuff scream your head off the (laughs) works. I don't
1: I don't think it was a good idea because I got Sekiro and when I got Sekiro I was like this is amazing And then after like the first troll boss, I was like, absolutely fuck this game. Like (laughs) put the path out, uninstalled it rage quit from life I was just like I'm absolutely done so I I just you know I left Elden Ring and that was eh, not Elden Ring Sekiro and uh, I got Ghost of Tsushima instead which is great because it's not a Souls game but it has similar sort of vibes and there's a difficulty setting in and there and me being the casual that I am I can just sort of do story mode and chop up loads of people and have fun and not have to get frustrated uh, nice. in game in case people are listening I'm like what the hell like in game I'm talking about <laughs>
0: so going back to a point you made earlier uh you mentioned trying to keep things consistent uh in lighting and that between shows um might be a little bit of a challenge in australia given that you know stay gold in melbourne is a pretty mid-size to large size venue for uh, this style of music i think but you're also going to canberra and newcastle which as I'm i'm sure there's plenty of aussies out there who are absolutely thrilled um Canberra, Newcastle don't like get a lot of love on international tours. Uh, perhaps smaller venues, a bit more of a challenge. Um, have you been briefed about that kind of stuff? Do you think ahead about, oh, tonight we've got a big venue versus... How does that factor in?
1: That's all we've ever known as a band, like inconsistency between venues and stuff. You just have to deal with it. It's part of your role as a band. Like, you just have to make the most of it and work to what you've got and use the tools that you've got. And if you have to change some of your performance to align with the venue, like, you know, we we work with everybody that is in the venue, whoever... Runs the venue, the in-house guys, you know, we're really respectful of them. So we want to have fun and provide the audience with the best performance, but it's not, you know, we're not vain enough to just sort of say, it has to be this way, it has to be this, it has to be that. You know, we we do have standards, but we're we're not like, we're not pushy about that. You know, we, we work within our means. We recognize we're traveling thousands of miles and it's costing us a lot of money already to bring uh what we are bringing with us so we're just going to try and make the most of it with the tools that we we can for this trip and that everyone has a great time and enjoys it
0: yeah exactly and i just speaking a little bit more about the music of frontier for a moment um for the most part heavy metal has been a live art form um we all love our records and we can all name iconic records that we love spinning over and over but at the end of the day i think we all do this for the live performance and the experiences, audience members of hearing it. Um, how does that factor in when you're writing stuff for Frontier? Uh, do you write with the live in mind? Or do you produce a record and then adapt it? Um,
1: so in this last album, Oxidized, I, I thought a bit more about the, the live side of things for sure. I definitely did, but not in a way that kind of dilutes what I'm trying to get across in terms of sound ideas and song ideas and stuff so yeah i mean it was it was an important point to to consider but i just kind of you know at the end of the day have fun with it if i've got an idea that i want to write i'm I'm not caring about the live stuff like this this band wasn't meant to be a live band when it first started it was just meant to be fun and i have to remind myself of that you know every time it's like it was just meant to be fun so whether it's playable not or live like not every song will always be played live, you know. And and some I think artists maybe need to obviously realize that, whether they think about it or not. Like sometimes you'll just never play a song live ever in your in your lifetime as a band. Like it'll just be a record only thing. Sometimes fans long for that, and that can be good at creating anticipation. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's all up to you at the end of the day. It's up to you what songs you put in the set list. And we don't put any pressure on ourselves there. Does that make sense?
0: That makes perfect sense. And again, inconsistency is a huge part of that, right? Um, No two people are going to have the same audio equipment at home to experience the record the same way, just in the same way that someone who goes and sees you, maybe at a a larger venue in the UK, in Europe, won't have the same experience as someone who goes to the Newcastle show. Um, Still the same song, but the, uh, the experience is different, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we don't try to recreate the CD or the you know the the experience of the audio and recording um, to live. Like they're two separate entities. So, from a fan's perspective, you're getting a different experience, but you're getting you're getting the songs, but you're getting them in a different way, in a different setting. So, you know, if you were looking at it as someone who's paying for something, and you're thinking, "Am I getting my money's worth?" Well, you're you're getting two things. You're getting the record and then you're getting something a bit different live that's not just a regurgitation played to a click for 45 minutes you know it's it's real uh, any mistakes or mistakes are real you know it's it's just fun
0: you know yeah and i think it really goes underappreciated the difference between uh what you actually hear even with the 5.1 channel surround at home and what you hear at a venue particularly in the more extreme genres where there's a kit in the room, there's amps in the room, there's a PA blending it where it can, but you don't get that when you're sitting in your lounge, even if you've got your home theater cranked up.
1: You don't. Yeah, you you don't. It's a different, it's a different experience. And that's what we try to create for people It's like there's consistency and we try to make it as consistency, as consistent as possible, but we are not like to the nth degree anal about what sound sample like reverb backing track we had at 10 seconds to 20 seconds on track five. You know what I mean? Like it's, we tried to recreate things as, as faithfully to the originals on the audio and the the record as possible. But, you know, one beat might be off here or there, or one part might be played slightly differently than it was on the record. And that's just how we do it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, So how would you describe the heavy metal scene in Scotland at the moment? It's not particularly... Uh, maybe not in, at least here in Australia, not particularly known for its heavy metal. Uh, are there any hidden gems you recommend, or any uh, any classics that people have to visit?
1: Yeah, we've got a few bands. Like, I mean, across all genres, like we've got some some brilliant artists in Scotland, and I've been quite guilty of maybe not giving them as much credit before. But that's also because I haven't really been listening to as much new music over the last few years, you know, just never find the time for that I've been so immersed in writing but a um, local, a band not too far from us here, a band called Party Cannon, if you look them up, they're like a a brutal kind of deathy sort of band Um, their logo is very unique uh in comparison to a lot of other deathy bands you'll you'll see it when you see it if you look them up now party Cannon, you'll 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 uh you'll notice immediately so yeah them there's a heavy scene uh we've had uh man must die they've been around for many years death death metal and um, they've toured with like machine head and stuff before so they're on the west coast of scotland and uh then from like a local level, I've got friends who play in a band called Tiberius. They're really good guys. They've been friends of mine for years. Kind of prog metal, though, not really heavy, heavy sort of stuff. More kind of uh, more kind of proggy. Between the bird and Me, Protest the Hero kind of thing. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of um, a lot of variation in Scotland. There's a lot of different things going on in different areas. And when it comes to electronic artists, we've had some you know, some amazing artists come out of this country from like Boards of Canada, the kind of more occult sort of end. And um, to calvin harris like renowned worldwide dj like you know his album ready for the weekend is incredible um considering like what he did with it and where he came from and everything it's like it's remarkable so scotland does does have a lot i think to offer it's just uh i don't know if it's necessarily always well publicized or in the public eye so um yeah hopefully that answers your question
0: well thanks for pointing a few of those out i hope uh People can go away and have a listen to those and immerse themselves in it. Uh, Boards of Canada in particular is a really interesting one. I think the first time I sort of sat down and deliberately listened to them, I found myself going, oh, this one's from that horror movie. Uh, And I know this one from from that thriller. And, oh, this one was on a documentary about black metal I watched. And they're just such a ubiquitous group that have such a a spread throughout pop culture uh, that people won't even – don't even really realize that they know as much of them as they do know the incredible group, yeah,
1: yeah, um, very, very cool, and also from I think pretty sure they're from Edinburgh as well, so like my home city, which is awesome. And um, I didn't even know where, where they were from until a few years ago, I didn't even know they were from Scotland until a few years ago, so yeah, uh, totally hear you there. on the sort of like, oh, I've heard this before, where is it from? Oh, this track, this movie, this sound score, it's uh, it's pretty great. I mean, Mogwai, again, another Scottish band um and i don't think they like being called like post rock or whatever but the sort of ambient uh lighter rock side of things like they're huge band from scotland as well and they've been around for many years um so another one worth checking out
0: very true uh well that's time for us bedroom. um thank you very much are there any passing thoughts you want to leave us with any comments
1: just come to a show in Oz in the next couple of weeks. Bring your mates. Get your mates to bring their mates. We'll fling our limbs about, have fun in all the sweat boxes, and play some heavy riffs, and it'll be a good old time. So, come and welcome some uh, some angry Scots and a and an American, and uh, we'll have a great time together. Looking forward to it.
0: Sounds like a party to me, mate. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm Jordan, and you've been listening to Straight Is Not Dead. If you're intrigued and want to come check out Frontier's tour at the end of next October, tickets are on sale now. Go suss them out on the internet. I'll be joined next week by one of the truly great and intriguing vocalists in Australian heavy metal and prog, Jim Gray of Caligula's Horse. Come tune in and listen to what he has to say next week. See you then.